All right, post show five thirteen. Put on the. <laughs> okay, yeah, I just want to make sure you're done. <laughs> Shannon is working on the calendar, but we're gonna so we're gonna talk about sciencey stuff while she is uh, waiting. Tides. Do you want to talk about tides? Tides. Tides, the kind of thing. High everyone, tides or low tides? Both, as a matter of fact. Okay. The kind of shit everyone gets wrong. Okay. I know so much about tides. I grew up in Florida. Okay. Well, well, okay. Well, no, I don't really know that. <laughs> I just know when to be out yeah. and when not to be out. So here's and a question for you. Then. When to surf and when not to surf or when to take. Uh, Have you heard any explanation, a physical explanation for the tides? That's a very general question. I'm not sure how, what you're looking what for. What causes that. the tides? Shit, I should know that. <laughs> so, I don't. You don't know. I mean, it has to do with, no, I don't know. I, I, I probably did at some point, but probably. it was one of those things that I don't it, care it, enough about because I don't surf. Understand. And it was back in the, the surfing days and... That was so long ago, and I'm not going to say how many years because that just no, that's okay. going to tell everybody Fair how enough. old I am. So, anyway, I yeah, don't can't tell you, Jeff. What causes the tides? The moon. <laughs> the moon. It is the moon. Of course, it's the moon. We knew that because of the hurricane that just went through. The moon was in the position where the high tide was even higher because it was the super moon. So my opinion is the supermoon's overrated. It is. Very overrated. No, it doesn't. The supermoon is not going to cause a significantly higher tide than anything else. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to ask yourself, why don't lakes have tides? Why doesn't this beer have tides? What's the moon doing that's causing tides? Jeff. Gravity. Why is my cup? Because oh. your cup doesn't have enough gravity. It doesn't have enough mass to 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 make a difference. Water is a tiny little molecule. Yes, but when they're all touching each other, and you have a large thing that sloshes it together, it all sloshes. Every little pool on every little molecule, when they're not bound by a glass, adds up. Why aren't little rocks floating? then like why isn't dust float up because it's less than that but greater than <laughs> the ocean and the billions and trillions and quadrillions of molecules in the ocean that are unbound by glasses <laughs> the the problem is the way that it's taught is that the moon is pulling and that is a differential pull and that causes some of the water to be pulled towards the moon. Does that sound reasonable? Like what you've been taught? Jeff? Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm back to Shannon too, but I mean, but yeah. Texting. That that's it's pulled towards the moon, right? That's very wrong. That's not what's happening. Okay. Because, again, other stuff isn't getting pulled towards the moon. Or if it were, you know, the ground would be pulled towards the moon too, right? 
everything is pulled towards the moon, but like things would float more. But the difference in, in gravitation is something like one in 10 million. That's just not enough to manifest. What instead happens is you have to think more like vectors. Think more about what's happening to the water. You imagine an earth that is covered in water, just completely covered. And you think about what's happening. You will see a slight deflection of gravity towards and away from the center of the earth on the sides closer to the moon because of if you just imagine the reference frame of the earth as a center then things would look like they're both sort of moving away because differential gravity but the direction of the the, the vast majority of the direction is going to be towards the earth and you're getting a slight angular change by the moon. So what happens is instead of the moon pulling, the moon causes the water to squeeze. So you get this pumping action in the center and that like it, around the middle of the earth and that causes the bulges. So it's more like arrows pointing sort of inward and on, on the, on the moon and on, on the uh, poles, if you will, will, and slightly this way as it goes towards the moon and slightly this way as you're away from the moon. And that's going to cause this pushing, this squeezing. It's much more easier if I draw a diagram. I'm not drawing a diagram for you. I, I get what you're saying, I guess. So what not you sure get you're is, convincing, but. So what, again, it, Tides are everyone gets tides wrong, but it's because tides are tricky. It's because it's it's a it's a difficult concept to get in your head, but it's about a it's it's basically the moon turning the oceans into a pump, a hydraulic pump. So you get squeezing, and the way I've heard it best described is more like pimples than like pulling. So you think about when you squeeze you know, your skin, you get you, you it's like a push up of your skin. And so that's sort of what's happening to large, really large bodies of water. The over, over this huge amount of water, the slight difference in because we have big oceans, the very, very slight difference causes this pumping action. But even in gigantic lakes, you get very little of this. And in this glass of beer, you get essentially none of this. But this is why places have... You know, there are places that can have high tide that varies hugely mm-hmm. and low tide and, and, and places where it's almost nothing because of the geometry plays a role here because you're not talking about all of the water being lifted. You're talking about the water being pumped in. And so if you're talking about water being pumped into a place with a different geometry, then you can sort of see how, oh, that gives me higher tide than usual in some places and lower tide than usual in some places, whereas on the average – well, the actually the rotation of the Earth would be the the impeller, the pump. Like here's a diagram, right? Of it shows both lunar tidal bulge and solar tidal bulge. Mm-hmm. So when you have a new moon or a full moon, you get higher tides because the additive effect of the 
this moon whole, but, in the it, solar but it's, it, it's not it, it's not that's like high and neap tides i think right is that, that's what they're called but that it's not huge mm-hmm. but so but you know the that bulge is only moving around once a month mm-hmm. the earth's moving through that bulge every day right so when the bay of fundy comes through that bulge it does get kind of your pump analogy makes sense right it gets funneled up into that bay and mm-hmm. that's why bay of fundy has some of the, the highest tides the most tide differential right. on the planet um i i it's not as if the water everywhere rises by the same amount. That's the that's the thing to understand. No, no. But that's what the idea of just the moon pulling would have you would sort of make more sense that way. No, I. I the, the, this diagram is what I was picturing before I even saw the diagram. Right, there's bulges. Right, mm-hmm. there's on the near side and on the far side. Um. Now the the notion of the Earth spinning through the bulge and the pumping whatnot is kind of a thing I haven't thought specifically about before, but um, I mean everything else still checks out. I was trying to find out about like how much more a supermoon adds to it, but like I mean, a couple percent, it's nothing. It, it's like. Yeah. And again, the, the, the amount of, it's like one in 10 million that that's the difference between the moon's gravity versus the earth's gravity. Yeah. So if that goes up by a percent, that's still, that's pretty much yeah. nothing. Oh, sure. No, I, I get it. So measurable, but not ridiculous. Okay. Shannon? Yes. 0. 0.99999 repeating. What about it? Is it equal to one? No. Well, yes. I mean, if you round up, because most of the time you round up. But no, it's not. So I'm going to tell you right now. I'm wrong. That it is. It's the same number. What? Say that again? It's the same number. 0.999999 is the same number as one? 0.99 repeating. And when I say repeating, I mean repeating infinitely. Is the same as one? Is the same number as one. I mean, normally when I would look at that, I would say one mm-hmm. in anything that I do. Sure. Because obviously you're just going to round up to one. So <laughs> I'm I'm sure you have more of a scientific reason or, well, but I mean, it, it's just four minus for me, three is also one, right? Uh Two divided by two is also one. These are all different ways of representing the number one. Mm-hmm. And point nine nine and repeating is another way of representing a number one. Okay. Now, what is interesting to me is not is first of all that you didn't show what I've I recently got into a thing online about this. <laughs> and more people tend to argue with this, and then when it is explained to them deeply they start to accuse mathematics of being wrong as opposed to trying to understand. Wasn't there a veritasium or a number file or something recently about this? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. I watched something not too long ago about how it's provable that it's actually one and not infinitesimal smaller than one. It's absolutely provable. Well, I mean, I would think it's infinitesimally, it's an infinitesimal 
smaller than one. But somehow that's the, you, that, that, I mean, that's the assumption that, that you're making. And again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily like a, a bad assumption that for people to make. But when people are told that that's not true, people tend to reject that. At least what I experience online, people really reject it, even when explained in multiple ways why it's not true. Like given multiple examples, multiple ways no, why it's not true. I, I think primarily it's because infinity is weird. Yes. Infinity is weird. Understanding infinity is something that it's basically impossible, but you can understand the ways that we've sort of tamed infinity using mathematics. That's understandable. What's weird to me is, is how people then start to say, well, then math is wrong. And that assumption to me, when people do that, it's sort of like, do you know what you're saying when you say math is wrong? I mean, there is to an extent, I totally agree with, with the people that say, well, you're just making an assumption. Yes, all of math is assumption built on these axioms. But once you start to question these things that fall out of first principles from math, you're not using the same numbers that everyone else is. So your 30 is not the same as the 30 that everyone else is using. Like, all of the things that you take for granted about math that you that you believe one point zero nine 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 repeating equals one is part of that, and if you remove that piece, the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. So you might as well use the thing that everyone's worked on for thousands of years, because you're going to be it. It's going to be a lot easier to communicate with other people that way. That's, I think, the thing that, that I want to, like, stress is that if you want to believe that it's not true, you can. But when it's being shown to you that it is and then you just reject math because of it, you're rejecting everything. Like, you can show that this follows directly from all the stuff that we've done. And so once you start saying, well, pff, that's just what mathematicians say. Yeah, but... That's like what everything around us is built on. So you might as well like go with it and let it wash over you. Let that feeling of that doesn't make sense. Let it get in there because it's important. It's part of the reason why other things will make sense and why other things do make sense. Reining in those infinities is important Calculus is all about understanding the idea that as a limit goes to something, if that happens from, if that occurs on, on both sides, for example, then you're, you're that, that is that number, right? You're, you're accepting the fact that as something goes towards something over infinity, it becomes that number because there, there's no divergence. This is the same thing. And calculus, I think we can all agree, is very useful. Whether or not you rock it and completely understand it, it's hard to disagree that it's been a very useful thing. Mm -hmm. And so we should probably continue with the method that gives us useful things versus a method that throws all that out. Yeah. The um... I wish I could remember more. Yeah, I watched a YouTube maths video. Pretty sure it wasn't stand-up maths. Mm -hmm. Might have been number file. Pretty sure it was Veritasium, but 
I'm, I'm pretty sure Vsauce did something on it too. Like Vsauce hasn't done anything in like two years. No, he has, but it, it's very rare. But yeah. like it, the whole idea of like the Cantor argument is is once you get this, once you do a a, a bijection and you can do a one to one bijection, then you have the the first infinite, the Aleph zero. Yeah. Which I'm sure. I think it was the one where Veritasium did the pematic numbers or whatever. I think that one talked about yeah. like decimals repeating. The, the pematics, yeah. Yeah. That's how we described that is nine repeating mm-hmm. is, is equal to one is the pematics. But yeah, the thing to understand there is yeah, three times 0.9 repeating is equal to four. Or is equal to three. <laughs> three plus 0.9 repeating is equal to four. Um, and it's just because when I reading is just another way of saying one, mm-hmm. just, it looks different, but it's just another way of saying one. Another way to think about it is on the real number line, there is no number that's different between 0.9 and repeating in one. There's no number in between. And the way the real number line works, it's, it's the sec is an uncountable infinite. So anything in between, it becomes infinity between two numbers. Mm-hmm. Whereas on a countable infinity, like the real number line, the difference is, is doesn't become an infinity. Right, so as as you... Can you have a concept where it's 0.9 repeating, but ending in an eight? You can, but that has an end. That's different than a number. But if it's, if it's like nine infinity... Well, no, there's no, there's no example of an infinity that ends. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'm just, yes. But imagine, if you will, mm-hmm. you add this new whatever. It's like, okay, so it's infinitely long, but the last digit, no, there isn't the last digit. Okay, the... You see where it's coming up yeah, against logic. Yeah, but I mean, I think there. if I was more eloquent, I could describe an argument of like, you could have this concept where it's You're on the light sort of side. You're talking about infinite differential, the but, there's the... still, but there's still a side to it. Yeah. But there is no side. Okay. And the same thing as 1.0 infinite, right? There's no end to the zeros. It's infinite. If there was an end and there was a one at the end, then it would be a different number than one. But it's, there's not. Okay. I mean, it comes down to decimal numbers, which is a bad way of representing numbers. Another reason why 10 is not important. 11 is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to talk about the ignoble Awards? Sure. I don't know any of the awards this year. I haven't looked at them. But. The what? The so, Ig Nobel. So there's Nobel Egg. Awards, right? You, you know the Nobel yeah. and stuff like that. There's also this uh, group of, what's the group called again? The, dang it. The Improbable Research, the Institute for Improbable Research. That's it. Uh, They do a sort of a parody of the Nobel Prizes. They Ah. they award to this research that sounds silly, 
it makes you laugh, but then it makes you think. Like our research on chlamydia and koala bears, right? You're like, you're like, oh, that's stupid. But then like the research is like, oh, there's a real thing here, you know, like that kind of thing. Okay. Sort of understanding, you know, how diseases work in this population okay. that, that has, you know, brought a thing. So the Chemistry Geology Prize went to uh, Jan Z name, large Polish is like the Z name, for explaining why many scientists like to lick rocks. Lick rocks. Mm-hmm. Like scientists like liked like like or to lick do. rocks. That that that's what the explanation that that that's the quote. Explaining why and and they do because um, fossils have a different quality than other things when you lick them. Yeah. Okay. Wetting the surface allows fossil and mineral textures to stand out sharply rather than being lost in the blur of intersecting micro reflections and micro refractions that come out of a dry surface. Do you lick rocks? I have licked fossils before because they're just rocks. Uh-huh. I even licked my coprolite sample. Coprolite is a fossilized poop. What? Fossilized poop. It's not poop. It's now a rock. No. It's, 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 it's a rock, rock in the sh- that replaced all the poop molecules yeah. with rock molecules. But it's a piece of poop. Or it was at one point a piece of poop. Do you have any idea what kind of poop it was? Yes, a turtle poop from Jurassic. Mm. <laughs> Is that a job? Because like, that? that's a really shitty job. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, no. that's a setup i forget where it is somewhere in the south there's a uh um is it a canyon on a bone lick canyon or something like that be bone lick because canyon now i've heard about yeah if you have something that you think might be a fossil licking it will mm-hmm. help you determine if it's a fossil or not now you have to know what you're looking for yeah. after you lick it but it helps you and de- just you know, don't lick me make sure it's not covered with poop not a fossil <laughs> don't start Trying to figure out if I'm a fossil. <laughs> Not a fossil. So the literature prize went to a group of people for studying the sensations people feel when they repeat a single words many, 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 many times. Oh, okay. That's the. Uh, it's apparently the opposite of, of déjà vu, which is jamais vu. Jamais vu. Where you all of a sudden a word seems to stop making sense as you repeat it over and over and over again. Sounds French. It is. It is just like déjà vu. Jamais vu. Jamais vu. So, does it get any detail about like what was? I can go into detail, but I'm just reading the article. Oh, okay. Well, I'm kind of curious about what that phenomena is, but we don't have to get into it right now. Uh, A fleeting sensation of novelty. Jamais vu is a fleeting sensation of novelty or unfamiliarity concerning something that we've seen or experienced before. Usually, words, but sometimes people or places. Um, which is also a symptom of epilepsy or migraine. Molin et al. had a et al. had a hunch that Jamevu could be produced with so-called word alienation tasks. Set out to test that hypothesis, conducting experiments with student volunteers from the University of Leeds. Study participants dutifully copied the same selection of words over and over and over, and were told to stop if they started feeling peculiar, which usually occurred in two thirds of participants after thirty repetitions, or about one minute. The point of semantic satiation. Uh, for instance, there were sentences of words losing, there were sensations of words losing their meaning the more one looked at them. They just seem, quote, they just seem like a string of letters instead of a whole word. 
Yeah. Or familiar words suddenly seem strange. It doesn't seem right. Almost looks like it's not really a word, but someone's tricked me into thinking it is. Unquote. Those who are reported experiencing deja vu in their daily lives are much more likely to export, to report experiencing jamais vu, suggesting a correlation between the two. That is the summary. That I wonder. Wrote. So a couple things I want to talk about here that it's post show. So let's mm-hmm. explore some avenues, if you will. Um, the first one is like when you, you know, like look at an intense color or whatever, it leaves an after effect or something like that. I wonder if there's something biological that's like similar to like word processing. Now it's like different, right? It's not just like an innate sense of hearing, but maybe it does boil word down Word and to language like, is so much more different and co- more complicated that we don't understand than, mm-hmm. than visual processing. We but what have if a it good could, handle what if it's boiled processing. down to something as simple as repeating sounds getting filtered out? I and like guess what you got to read the study, I think. Yeah. I would say. But like in your noise, like, you know, like there's, your brain right now is filtering out all the noises around you so yep. you don't go crazy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if somehow repeating the word over and over again triggers that, you know, something like that. Well, they mentioned here that people were writing it down, so it wasn't repeating. Yeah. Well, so, th- But I don't know for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that is a really good question, but it is, as uh, I feel, woefully inadequate to answer this question because I don't know, nor have I read the paper, nor do I really have um, a handle on the psychology behind this. So I just feel like I'd be doing not even reasonable speculation, just okay. nonsense speculation. Well, this not is the post-show, so the nonsense speculation I is where we feel arrive. like. You know, that's not true. <laughs> no, I don't I don't like speculating on things that, that I feel are what's your gut say? That's what I'm asking you. My gut says that language is a lot more complicated than vision, so I think it's a lot more of a complicated process. Okay. And then as far as people who have ex- who experienced deja vu or whatnot, question to both of you is like do you experience deja vu? What kind have you? There is several times a year where I am doing work at work and I'm like, I fucking did this. Like I, this day has happened before. Mm-hmm. Like that happens to me like several times a year. Works a bad example. If it wasn't a universal, but, 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 but not, not just in a, this, this is all fucking bullshit. I, I do this every fucking day. Not that, but like, I've done this weird, unique task before. And then I think about it. I'm like, there's no way I've done this weird, unique task before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is a unique time, but it feels like I did this. Like, did I dream it last night? It was like doing like homework in my dreams, you know, like what happened? Well, I would say if it wasn't a universal experience that all humans had, then it wouldn't be a very popular word mm-hmm. but i think everyone knows what deja vu is because everyone's had it i think it's kind of a universal thing everyone's experienced that getting a word for it is nice because it means that you can just, you can talk to other people about it because it's hard to describe otherwise um i used to feel that i would like have an experience that would kind of sort of if i really squinted be deja vu mm-hmm. and then you know, as you get more experiences, I th- I feel like I'm getting more of these. No, that's no shit. Deja vu right there. You know, like I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that there's sort of degrees of it. Okay. There's there's sort of things where like I've not this thing, but I feel like I've seen this this arrangement of things before. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, even though what I know, well, I made this last week. I couldn't have seen this arrangement of things before. Um, or, or, or this was made yesterday. I've never seen it before. And yet somehow I'm seeing this thing. It looks like an mm-hmm. arrangement I've seen before. I don't, it, it doesn't seem as all encompassing as it may have when I was younger. It seems more like pieces. And I think that is an interesting thing to think about is that, is that universal? Do, do you, do you ever feel like you're, I don't think I've had a, a situation where I felt, Oh, I'm immersed in deja vu. Like everything very recently. So, okay, you have. I have. I can't think of any specific. I mean, I have when I was younger, but not to, to but provide not right anytime now. No, I've in the last two or three weeks, had... I had a thing like I fucking did this already. Wow. Interesting, but I didn't. But I had this feeling like I fucking did this. Well, like when I was younger, I remember feeling like this. I've, I've the world has been in this exact configuration before, whereas now it feels more like. This particular thing I'm doing has been in this configuration, but okay. Everything well, no, mines are more very situational, like that. Yeah. Like it was like I f- I know I've done this, and then when I examine it, I'm like, this is brand new. Like you said, we were just saying, right? Mm-hmm. This is just invented last week. There's no way I had done this before, but I had this for this specific task, and and all the periphery around it. I was there before. Mm-hmm. Not the entire world. Not like I've been living an entire day over. Right. Like that, I can't say that's the kind of deja vu that I have. No, very specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it's always been a very specific thing that has happened that I've said I have definitely done this before. Mm-hmm. This entire you know, sequence of events over the course of the last two hours hmm. have happened. See, that's more than, than me, for sure. No, I, I've had... Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it, it's always been like a retrospect thing, like, oh, I got to compile the thingy thingy. Like, I've done this before, you know, but it's but I haven't, right? It's been more that kind of scope, not like... It's, it's, it's always like a, I have the feeling... And I look yeah. back at it, and I and I can I reconcile to myself that it's not, it's impossible that it's been done before. Yeah. I will say, coming from you from a layman psychological point of view, so not somebody who studied this at all. From what I understand, deja vu is a relatively well understood phenomenon. Well understood phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It has to do with your brain sort of repeating a signal, mm-hmm. and the interpretation that that uh, the rest that you're that either your conscious mind or some part of your brain takes is, is that it's been done before. It's probably someone like invented memory type stuff, like, or like a feedback on like a just created memory being invented, like played back or something. Yeah. I'm not, I, again, I don't know any of the real specifics here, but we, I'm sure all have, have like the example I always love is color, how color is all in the brain. Uh, and, if you've taken psychoactive substance, do you know how things can, you know, make your brain feel and, and as if it's doing things that it's not doing? Uh, the brain can have a very large effect. Things that happen can have a large effect on how you perceive the world. And it makes a lot of sense to me, again, from a layman's perspective, that, yeah, misfiring could just cause this feeling to happen that you've done this before. Just this repeated thing just happens to interact with the way that we interact with memory in a weird way. Again, layman. 
But it makes sense to me is that this is not a mystical phenomenon. This is just simply, I mean, I, I do aren't find I do find myself questioning memories. You should a lot more. Like you really should. Like, did I invent this or not? Our brains are not VCRs. Yeah. Like over the last five years, I a lot. Wow. More... Do I sound old by saying VCR? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But no, over the last like five, I'd say DVR, and I still sound old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't have anything that records like live TV anymore. Um, Our brains are not cell phone cameras. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so many things where like i feel like oh yeah and i'm like wait is that or did i just make that up like it's hard it it's, is hard it's it's a it's i'm not a, saying i can't distinguish reality from dreams um um it's more of like a there's things like thinking back did i did, did i 10 years ago incorporate this into a invented memory or oh, was it real that totally kind of there are things where dreams that i've had have in, been incorporated into experiences that i feel like i've felt that i can then verify and realize it hasn't happened there there's a whole there's a whole legit like thing where there is i, for, I now forget it kind of but I, there was something that i was talking to my sister about where I knew it was wrong, but I knew that I had this legit feeling that in the past, like, my mom and dad split up for a bit. Never happened. But it was something that I think I dreamed about. Yeah, it was a nightmare, right? And And it incorporated itself into my memories that such that it feels like it did. It still does? No, I think that's mostly gone. But at the time, it definitely did. At the time, it absolutely felt like it was real. But I knew it was false. But it felt like it was real. Mm-hmm. Part of that is every, and I think the reason why it, it faded is because every time you access those memories, you change them. Mm-hmm. You you can't just get a carbon copy and and not change it. You you are implicitly changing your memories every time you access them. That's why the fish gets bigger. Every time you tell a story. You killed me in my slate. Shh. It wasn't real. You're still here? Or is this a simulation? No. When we were on vacation. Well, you both And the next day me, we so lived it. Sleep, so. I mean, we, we, it was almost you both identical were- to the dream, except we didn't. You both Go murdered me and, and ate me. Did we? Yeah. And then pooped me out and ate the poop. <laughs> wow. And, okay. That didn't actually happen, but it's possible. Uh, now it's an invented Man. memory. And yeah. It did happen. So what is reality? Now, I wouldn't have eaten the poop. My my fake brain disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shitty dream. I do want to bring this one up because it's actually a gif and it's 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 hilarious. This is the mechanical engineering prize was reanimating dead spiders and using them for as mechanical gripping tools. And there's a wonderful gif of basically a, a spider works by hydraulics and so you can pump it with air and cause it to become a gripping tool. That would be great in one of those claw machines, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Make it a spider. Make it furry and everything. <laughs> That's fantastic. wild. Why is he picking up a spider? 
I think it's he just be picking it, it's, up a it could be anything, but it's just, it, it's, a, it's another organic <gasps> thing that that can that has lots of nooks and crannies. Yeah. But, or a person's head. It'd be funny if it was picking up a person's head. Well, I think it also is it's lightweight. Mm-hmm. Or your shit. Or my shit, yeah. Yeah. The the copper light is pretty heavy because it's made of rock now. Um the, this is a novel research area they have cheekily dubbed necrobiotics. Because it's using dead mm-hmm. creatures as tools. And uh Where's my alcohol? Which one do you want? So I'm kind of, uh, I, I kind of feel like it's creepy, but it's also great. It's also like, it's, I mean, the application, right? Yeah. Are they understanding more about construction of hydraulic joints? Or are they, mm-hmm. or are they actually like working on like, no, we can actually, instead of manufacturing gripping tools, we can just... Collect dead spiders. Like. See, I think that the problem with the, with a spider is that a dead spider is going to break down mm-hmm. real quickly, whereas a metallic titanium claw is probably not going to. Guys are getting way too scientific. But, but figuring out how the actuation of the joints work. Mm-hmm. And whether you can turn that into something that you can translate into a non-living thing. Or whether you could figure out a way to keep the biology viable for longer. Well, you got to figure the like the the tendons... And the joint pieces. I, I well, it's a spider, no tendons. You're talking about layers now. You're talking no. about well, it works in a different way. That's okay, why they can do well, it. Okay, it's not. It's using purely. I think it's. Is it air or whatever? I think it's purely air. It's purely. How does a spider actuate those? It doesn't use. Does it use air pressure? I believe so. Really? Mm-hmm. What? What? I want to know more about the pump then. Uh, internal hydraulics. I think that it's one so of those. It's, it, it, okay. it's you know, it's that reason why insect when they die, that the, their mm-hmm. their legs curl up because the natural state is being curled, and when they're extended, that's that takes uh, pressure, pressure and, and and energy. Okay, that's so. This is really cool. I mean, you can certainly that doesn't look like any kind of articulated joint that mm-hmm. I've seen. You know, so okay, pretty neat. Yeah, what else is there? Oh, you want to keep going? Okay, um, absolutely, keep going. Medicine prize. Um, group of people use cadavers to explore whether there is an equal number of hairs in each of a person's two nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> I want y'all to count them. Why would you assume there's an equal number of hairs in their nostrils because of bilateral symmetry? That doesn't even no. Do you have the same amount of hairs in your eyebrows? I was just gonna ask. uh, We were saying the same thing. The average hair count per nostril is between one hundred twenty and one hundred twenty-two hairs. Between a hundred. It's a small number. I didn't realize there's so few hairs in nostril. Mm -hmm. But should we wax your nostril and let's find out? Let's let's wax both. I can't wax my nostrils. Too much work out in the wood shop. I need those to filter the dust. No, you have your whole filtration. If I wax my nostrils, I get cancer for sure. No, you have that whole 
filter thingy. I try, but it does not 100% of the time. Nice try, buddy. You just don't want... Yeah, you're just afraid of the So interesting. Okay, so because of the Nobel Prize, the Ig Nobel Prizes, again, it's it sounds funny, and then it sounds interesting. The study was triggered by an interest in alopecia areata, a condition marked by hair loss on one's scalp, eyelashes, eyebrows, and nostrils. Uh, Femethel noted that there are many people who suffer from this condition who are more prone to upper respiratory infections, allergies, and yeah, dryness. makes sense. Because the condition also depletes the nose hair lining each nostril. And they realized that nobody had actually gotten around to counting the average number of nose hairs in humans. I want to know who decided, hey, I'm going to start counting nose hairs. Someone who cares about alopecia and thought this is something that... It's they, important. They, they Googled it and like no one There's knows. There's no info. So and they went to the journals and no one knows. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this stupid, easy research. Yeah. I mean, and like. just won a Nobel Prize. Oh, Which a Nobel Prize is, is not, not a million dollars. No. It's, it, it's it, a plaque and. Yeah. But but it's it's worthy of a paper and it's worthy of being published. And it's also kind of interesting when you think. All right. are the silliest research that. It has like a nugget of wow, that's I'm getting the wax out. <laughs> Y'all are going to not waxing wax in your nostrils. Yeah, you're waxing I your wasn't nostrils. Working at Woodshop every day, then maybe. But oh, come I, on, you that isn't even a valid excuse. It, You've it got is. a whole respiratory thing you put on. I still have sawdust boogers, and yeah, just, I don't want the hairs gone. Sorry. Mm, well, Greg, you're the one that. Brought this whole topic yes. up, so I think that it's time. I'd be to happy to honestly wax your yeah, sure. nostrils. See if there's 122 hairs up there. I mean, I, I don't know think you're going to catch every single number. hair in there, but you're going to catch a lot of them. It's going to be I, painful. So for now a I'm seconds. curious. Now I'm curious how far up the hairs go. I just assumed they just kind of <laughs> go. I mean, not thick, but I figured they go like most of the way up to the bridge. But maybe they're just in the lower. Like you know, what's really sad. All of the beer that we drank tonight was mm-hmm. very low ABV, and we're talking about how deep the nostrils. This one's not the the hairs it, grow in the nostrils. It's because it's not just alcohol; it's also time. Uh, but so to answer your question, uh, they use <laughs> measuring tape to determine the distance of hair grown at the upper lateral and lower nostrils. The results: the average nose hair count per nostril again is between 120 and 122 hairs, and nose hairs typically grow over a range of 0.81 to 1.035 centimeters. Convert that. No, 0.81. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Just uh, ask Alexa. She's right behind you. No, that's no fun. So you said <laughs> 0.81 to 1.3. Mm-hmm. All right. So two twenty. 2.54 is an inch. So it's like half an inch to a quarter of an inch, somewhere in there. What? Hair? Nose hairs? I have nose hairs that are half inch long. 2.5 is an inch. So one is. 1.3 is. 1.03. Oh, 1.03. Okay. So it's a little less than half an inch. That's still a long nose hair. Yeah. I have long nose hairs. Yeah. Don't pick your nose hairs. Oh. God. When you hear me sneezing in the bathroom, it's usually because I'm like plucking nose hairs. <laughs> well, better to. Have, I, I'm glad you do it because you wouldn't want me to do it. Well, I trim them too, but sometimes I'll pluck them. 
Yeah, plucking is sometimes is when you pluck the one and it feels like it's connected way up here. Yeah. That's like it feels like you're pulling your brain out. That's oh, crazy. It, it 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 hurts, and then the feeling afterwards is so good. It's so it, satisfying. It, yeah. yeah, you yeah. guys are weird. I know. Men are, men are I mean, they up. make nose tremors, man. I know, and they don't. You work. have them. They don't work. They don't work. Have you tried them? Yeah, yes, I've tried them. Oh my the god. Scissors. All the time. I use it, and I use it, and I use it, and it never fucking works. There's always things left over. I think you have more than 122 nose hairs in your nostril. Or at least they're thick. You're not average. The communication prize went to a group for studying the mental activities of people who are expert at speaking backward. I can (laughs) barely speak forward. One person. (laughs) (laughs) BRB. The team recruited R. two I. male expert backward speakers and a control group of 18 other men. So, yeah, we're talking about small sample sizes. Mm. What's backward speaking? Just words in reverse order? Or, yeah, words in reverse order or letters in syllables in reverse order? Backward speech, this is a quote, backward speech can st- constitutes an extraordinary ability to quickly reverse words, pseudo-words, and even sentences, which requires reordering phonemes while retaining their identity. Sentences? So a sentence in reverse order would be an entire sentence. The phoneme is succeeded be- by the preceding sentence. I don't know. And then what's a pho- what's a phoneme? That's- it's a piece of a like the, the it's it's like phonics, right? It's it's the the sound that the pieces of the words take. So it'd be like there was a cat once upon a time. Like instead of once well, upon a time, there was a cat. Once is once. Those are the phonemes, right? Once. But reversing a reversing by S- sentence uh, would be the reverse of ants, uh, right? And and so you have to be able to reverse that. Oh, see, I thought they were just talking about like taking a paragraph and reading the sentences backwards. No, they're talking about literally the 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 sentence and the sounds in the sentences reversed, such that I believe such that you could play it in play oh, it backwards. So the phonemes would be like reverse recording. Yeah. Not, a, I'm sure it wouldn't be exact, but it would be close. Because yeah, if you if you play backward speech, it sounds weird and artificial. Mm-hmm. And so, if you tried to speak backwards, it probably also if you re, if you reverse that to make it sound to make it normal, it probably still sounds weird and artificial, but understandable. Yeah. All right, so the Public Health Prize went to Sung Min Park for inventing the Stanford Toilet. Stanford Toilet. A device that uses a variety of technologies, including a urinalysis dipstick test strip, a computer vision system for defecation analysis, an anal print sensor paired with an identification camera. Anal print sensor? And a telecommunications link to monitor and quickly analyze the substances that humans excrete. Oh, hi, Greg. Welcome back to the toilet. (laughs) I've analyzed your anal print. If my fingerprint is is different, then my anal print is probably different than anybody else, too. So it makes sense. It's probably more my gluteal print, right? Although I suppose like a retinal, it could be. It's just just a dark star. Yeah. (laughs) They're analyzing your dark star. 
Yeah, I, I actually, looking at the image, yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Hi, Greg. Welcome back to the toilet. <laughs> I mean, that does sound difficult to be like used as a proprietary way of like getting into a door. Like, <laughs> we need your anal print. <laughs> You guys are disgusting. Nope. Yeah. I nope. Think. We're just, it, it's just science. Just, <laughs> it just comes It's science. <laughs> what else we got? The nutrition prize. Um, experiments to determine how electrified chopsticks and drinking straws can change the taste of food. Electrified chops. Yeah. Just a little, like, not like enough to shock you, but a little bit of a voltage. Probably tastes more acidic, right? Um, so acid is, is tastes protons, right? So not necessarily. Well, I mean, I think if you ever licked a battery, a nine volt battery, oh yes, it tastes like lemon juice. It tastes it acidic. Tastes like ouch to me. Well, yeah. But if you okay, t- lick a dead battery, an almost dead battery. Okay, it's it, to me, it's 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 not like kind of sort of no. It's it simulates acid. That so that may be because it's actually causing an acidic reaction in your saliva. Mm. It simulates pain so I would in your mouth. The electrified straw or chopsticks would make it taste more well, okay. like acidic. Their solution augmenting our sense of taste with electric stimulation, producing a sour or metallic electric taste, first noticed back in 1752. So, yes, I guess it does. And they, they decide to see whether that affects the taste of things. It's 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 not as pleasant as using acid in your food. That's usually that's for sure. Well, but I mean, if you really carefully do it, maybe it is. Uh, yeah, maybe. What if you could? What if you could improve the taste of things that are that taste like nothing without adding salt or some acid that causes you know people problems? Well, that'd be that'd be neat. Like you know have. You know, you have to add acid to sauces and things to make them pop, right? And but if the acid, if the pH causes other problems, then you could do it this way. It feels. It's fireworks. Oh, fireworks! It's not like someone's playing like snare drum or something. No, they're been they're going off. Who's who's doing fireworks on October on, on it's September twenty third? It's like the second day of fall. Like celebrate, bitch. <laughs> Is it? No, not yet. Technically, it hasn't even been 24 hours. Okay. All right. So. Right? I guess so. Um, Fall is The autumnal equinox was it today? 2.30. Yesterday. Something this yesterday? morning, or was it yesterday morning? Mm. I don't know. The psychology prize went to a group for experiments on the city street to see how many passerby look, stop to look upward when they see strangers looking upward. <laughs> Wait, what? Everybody, no. What? If Hold you on. see some, if you're on the street and you see somebody looking up, do okay. you also look up? Yeah, of absolutely. course you do. Because you don't want a piano fall on your head. <laughs> That's going to take longer than it takes for you to look up because a piano accelerates as it goes down. It gonna... falls the same rate that a BB falls. Who's going to notice a BB? looking up i'm just saying it doesn't fall faster it yes it does it gets faster it accelerates as it goes down it, yes anything that's not that has minimal drag falls at the same rate so a bb and a piano is going to fall at the same speed a piano might even fall slower because it's less aerodynamic 
piano's not you're not expecting a piano to fall from like a helicopter so no you're expecting <laughs> it to fall from like the fourth story yeah and so it's going to be pretty quick you, I'm surprised you're taking the stance. I figured you'd be the whole, no, it's 9.8 meters per square per second. Per second. Per second. Per right. second. Accelerate. Right. But I, I figured you would. You won't have time. All I'm saying is you won't have time to look up by the time you notice somebody looking up. and you know, It's going to take three or four seconds before the piano smush you. Not it's not enough time for you to say to track. Oh, somebody's looking up. Maybe I should start looking up. Let me look up. What is that? Oh, that's a piano. You're that's already too much. Time. Maybe it's yes, a double rainbow. Smushed. Maybe exactly, it's a solar. Shannon, just like a you're already maybe it's, maybe spotted it's, lantern fly underneath my Maybe it's shoe. a rainbow. Already smushed. Speaking of spotted Done. lantern flies, let Fuck me show things. you what it looks like at my place. They're disgusting. They're worse than anything. Yeah, that's probably we had the tree that. of heaven. Yeah, it is a tree of they heaven. They love the tree of heaven. Is it these trees? Nope, that's not a tree of heaven. Uh-huh. So um, there's a, a Chinese invasive tree called tree of this heaven. Is the other one it was on. That's not tree of heaven either. Yeah. Uh, so they climb other things too. But yeah, they do. Uh, I was I got like seven of them around the backyard and wood areas. They and, are, as you can see, like all over the place where I live. Every tree is like this. Mm-hmm. It is. They're nasty. They're like they're like cicadas. They're like, like, horrible. When, when you know the they jump cicadas on you. They fly everywhere. They're awful. They, they, they can't a, hurt you. So. I don't care. They, they they're sporadic. They're, they poop, and you walk under a tree of heaven, and it feels like it's raining. It's so gross. Mm. They're just nasty. So I was looking into. The killing. nice thing about cicadas, cicadas don't eat. They just sort of fly around and 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 mate and die. Yeah, I was looking exactly. at killing off my trees of heaven and use roundup or some other kind of thing but i missed it this year shannon i mean tell you this if you don't want me to cut down the trees first off but i can't just cut down the trees the roots will continue to if i cut down the tree without killing it first the roots will like go into overdrive and make more trees like and spread yeah so you have to like chop off all the bark and spray roundup like into the the cambium layer of the tree in June or July. It's too late now to do it. They should have. Why didn't they tell us earlier in the season? They Two didn't. weeks ago, you told me you didn't want me to cut down the tree. I know, but. The- Things have changed. <laughs> She's like, you can't cut down all these trees. I saw the reports, though, that said that we needed to cut everything down. And it was just. Less than a month ago, why and didn't they? The why didn't they tell us that we needed to get rid of this uh-huh. stuff? It's, this is the first year it's really hit ago. us here. I mean, last year we had a couple. We had them last year. We they were all like over the a office. A dozen last year. No, they oh, were the all office, over but not the, here. Not here at well, our I didn't house. Do any but here they weren't Pittsburgh. here last. Yeah. Year. It's weird that there's no predators taking advantage of it. I mean, they must. Maybe the praying mantis will eat them, but there's not very many of those. Right. Maybe the aposematic coloring that causes it. Like birds and stuff to get away, but I mean they're free. Like they're, they're they don't fly fast. They're like cicadas. They don't fly fast. They're clumsy. they have that jumpy thing, which it makes them kind of hard to smush. That's why I don't like them. They're unpredictable. Yeah, but I can't. I can't like smush. Ugh. You saw how many there are. I can't smush enough. It, like smushing no, doesn't do you anything. Can't. I saw on TikTok where if you take like a water bottle and you put the water bottle over them, they'll jump straight into the water bottle. So they'll, you know, like you can catch them that way. But mm-hmm. when there's that many, it's crazy, right? Um, 
But for around here, there's a the tree called the Tree of Heaven. And the, the recommendation is to uh, take down 90% of your trees of heaven, which are all invasive and they mm-hmm. should. They actually have roots that poison other trees and shit like that. Fuck those things. Fuck them trees. Fuck those things. But basically, the the plan is take down 90% of your trees of heaven and leave one or 10% as trap trees, and you put insecticide on those. Well, I want to get through these because I want to watch this with, yeah. with a little, at least a little bit with me because I think you'll really enjoy it. But mm-hmm. um, let's get through the rest of these. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm having a good time talking about all this yeah. shit. The physics prize. The physics prize went to a group for measuring the extent to which ocean water mixing is affected. Don't pluck by... my nose hairs. He just tried to pluck a nose hair. For comedic effect. You can't reach my nose hairs. I don't have any sticking out of my nostrils. That's a lie. Oh! We all do. We all do. We all do. It's a human thing. You're a human. She, I have no... She I probably have grins them every, like, nose every day. hairs, but they're not hanging out of my okay, nostrils. Okay, that's probably true. You probably do a better job of grooming than, like, than, than definitely me and probably Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I don't groom them. <laughs> I mean, I do, but... I'll grant you that. Okay, so... <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Giving you that much. Uh, the physics prize. Thank you. For measuring the extent to which ocean water mixing is affected by the sexual activity of anchovies. What? Wait. Start over? What? Ocean? Ocean water mixing. So what's ocean water mixing is my first question. Is it oxygen moving oxygen down deeper? Or is it mixing? Ocean mixing is a critical area of research for climate science as it plays such a pivotal role in influencing the climate, affecting such water properties as temperature, salt, gas, and nutrients. Okay. Winds and tides are the major energy sources for ocean mixing on a global scale, but some scientists have suggested that certain swimming organisms, zooplankton, fish, or marine mammals, might also be a significant energy source for mixing on a more regional scale. But this type of biophysical turbulence is quite difficult to capture in lakes and oceans, and prior studies suggested the mixing efficiency of that activity would be too low to be significant. Uh, these, this group contests that biomixing can serve as a highly effective ocean mixing agent, as demonstrated by their 2022 study. There's no way anchovies contribute to global warming, just like humans. It's about it's about mixing. It's right. <laughs> yeah, they they don't. If humans don't contribute to global warming, then anchovies certainly don't. There are a lot more anchovies than there are humans. Are there? They don't okay. use a, they so, don't use fossil fuels though, so. Very likely, no. They don't contribute to global warming to the extent that humans do. So I have a really good aside for this one, if you don't mind delaying Book of Mormon. I was listening to Radiolab, some oh. old Radiolabs this morning when I was out in I the... I know, right? <laughs> oh, fuck both of you. <laughs> um, and it was talking about how um, ocean temperatures are going up and stuff like that. And it was actually correlated to when freighter ships had to use a cleaner burning fuel. The unintended, the unintended consequence was when they were using bunker fuel, they would leave these contrails, these smog clouds. They would actually shade the ocean. Okay. Yeah. And now they're actually using cleaner burning fuel. It doesn't shade the ocean and the ocean absorbs more. But it dumps rate. up more CO2 or, or at, least, at least as much. But in certain areas, it, it contributed to 
ocean the warming. Albedo. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, chips using cleaner fuel contribute. Now, it was, you know, starting at a very weird baseline, right? Because it's like polluting ships, right? Mm-hmm. But when they got cleaner, the ocean got warmer because their smog clouds weren't shielding the ocean. I know that that's one of the methods that have been suggested as a large scale global warming possibly mitigation strategy and sulfur dioxide some method of reducing the albedo of the earth mm-hmm. or or increasing increasing it yeah um and yeah i mean i guess but this is talking about global mixing. Yeah. No, th- this is an aside. We're talking about yeah. ocean water yeah. temperature and how um, sardines mix it to deeper levels because of their sex <laughs> lives. Well, no, because... Uh, it wasn't that the title? The sex uh, yeah, lives? No, the... Yes. Uh, sorry. Not, not sardines. Anchovies. Anchovies. Just to, yes. Ding. Ding. Really curious on... If sardines and anchovies had different sex lives and water mixing characteristics, I think it's just a, a quantity idea, right? Because you essentially have a, the the smaller and larger the population, then you get more mixing than you would have if it's a larger population, just because of the hydrodynamics of it all. But also, weirdly, like a swarm of anchovies, that that would mean that a swarm of anchovies would break up surface tension more significantly than, than sardines. So they're literally they're, the way in which they move through the water would be different. On large scale, mm-hmm. right? You disturb the water enough that surface tension surface tension would be disturbed enough that the water would not be it, as, it's, it's as crazy, viscous. It's a crazy like butterfly effect, right? Yeah. Like if you reduce the dolphin population and they don't hunt the anchovies, mm-hmm. will that make the water temperature go up or down? You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, again, all of these things are studies based on you know relatively small. Yeah. Populations and relatively small things, and then extrapolating out from there. Uh, so. It's interesting, and yeah, the idea that anchovy sex has a role to play in ocean currents is pretty patently absurd, and yet there's something here that, like, there's a... You can't discount it completely, (laughs) Yeah, it depends how much like detail do you want to put in your model, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's the end. That's, that's the, end the end of the prize. That's the end of the ignobles. At least the ones that Ars Technica covered. So, what was your favorite? My favorite was absolutely the necro the spider. Uh, the, yeah the the spider. I mean, come on. When you get a gift as that, there's. There's not much that can, like, that's just, wow. That's just, like, creepy and gross and interesting and fascinating. And, like, it's got all things attached to it. I really want to see a claw machine made with one. I 
So my favorite, I mean, I'm trying to remember all of them. The scientist who liked to lick rocks is pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> Let's go over them so, so you remember all of them. Okay, we'll do this wrong. So chemistry, geology was lick rocks. Why scientists lick rocks? Literature was repeating the word. No, the it's not why they lick rocks. It's that why they like to lick rocks. Right. The difference. Um. Because they like to lick rocks because they like to discover things. Yes. Okay. Literature. That, that seems more like psychology than chemistry, though. So I would think that like, they, since this is a chemistry project, it's more about why they do as opposed to why they like to. <sighs> but it was in the headline. I guess. I guess you're right. But I, th- I thought it was more fascinating that scientists like Rock. <laughs> scientists like to discover things because, so. like you know, it's, it's juxtaposition. You usually think dim people like to lick rocks, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so it was kind of fun. Well, there's pika, right? There's that like thing where people eat rock stuff. It's a weird. And I don't want to go into it now. Um, okay, so let's let's go over for the stuff now. Uh, all right. So explaining why people like to lick rocks or. or why they do lick rocks, whichever one you want to consider. Literature prize, uh, studying the sensation, the jamais vu, how you, you, mm-hmm. you, hear, you feel something over and over and over and over and over, and over again. How that's literature, not psychology. That's yeah, that that's fascinating. Mechanical engineering is yeah, the, the spider. dead spiders. Medicine is using cadavers to explore whether there's an equal number of hairs in each person's nostrils. Yeah, that's mine. Oh, it's cadavers. I forgot about that. Communication is the mental activities of people who are expert at speaking backward. That which one's... to me is not that they could have, I, I would have wished they would have found something better because that done super. Maybe once, maybe if we read the study, there'll yeah. be something neat there. But the public health is is the toilet that, that measures your anal print. <laughs> And other things. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like public health, right? Like, is the I mean, I wonder what the, like the the potential goal. Oh, it's are. it's like, about understanding what's in people's excrement and and, and associating that with, with the health of the public. It's not about oh, like so it's data. It's big it's data. data. It's yeah. like it's okay, just, yeah, microbiota mm-hmm. or not. I mean, like well, like also being able to like diagnose people. Yeah, what's know, the, the what, like? Oh, you, well, you should probably go to a doctor because this doesn't look great. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the thing that kills people in in underdeveloped nations with diarrhea? It's dysentery. It starts with the C. It's cholera. Cholera. Yeah. So like that could totally like be like, oh, you got cholera, you're gonna die from diarrhea. Uh, like go to a doctor. Yeah. Like if if your toilet said, you know what, go to a doctor. Took a look at this. Maybe it'd be a good thing. Nutrition was. <laughs> Shannon can relate. We, we spent some time in the hospital. <laughs> Nutrition. Everything was... worked out great. I'm sorry. Is this too much information? Probably. I'm sorry. That's all right. Was it about your anal print? You had a, a ulcer e thing, right? But like, it wasn't like measuring your anal print. It has a lot of things measuring a lot of things inside so my body. She, she swallowed a submarine. Yeah, I have it. Do you want to see it? Yes, kind of. Okay. She swallowed a submarine and it, it went traveled. all the way through her bowel. I and got stopped, it. Shot pictures. I kind of do, yeah. All right, I'm gonna go get the submarine. Well, let, let, it's it's clean now. It's oh it's no no, I, I, totally. That, that's she why she woke I, me that, up at like 
six in the morning, five in the morning. Like, submarine came out. You want to see it? Well, that's because you were the one that was most fascinated about it. You were trying to hack re- the system well, so you could you get this. in I was and reading watch stories it. about people where the submarines, these little pill cams, got stuck like for decades in what? their gut. You didn't tell. Of course, oh. I didn't tell you that. <laughs> The record is like someone had a pill cam and stuck in their gut for like 14 well, yeah, years. Yeah, but it's like it can happen, but it's not likely to happen. It's like you you can get hit by lightning, but you're not likely to get hit by lightning. But you could win the lottery, but you're not likely to. I don't play, but there are people that yeah. play just because there's that very If you don't swallow chance. a submarine, you're not going to have a submarine stuck in your, right. your bowels. So, I mean... If I would have known that there was a chance that it was going to be stuck in my bowels for a decade, for a decade I might have told them to fuck I, off. I bet that nowadays they can solve that problem more than they could like 30 years ago. Uh, get your submarine. I'm going to get my submarine. You don't want to listen to the rest of these just so you, have, you know what to... Okay, sure. Uh, I'll okay. wait. So, I, I mean, how how... Curious, are you about my submarine? I mean, I'm moderately curious. Oh, okay. Well, we'll wait. All right. Uh, nutrition prize uh, it was the chop electrified chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Education prize was um. Oh, I didn't talk about this one, so I missed this one. Uh, this was a group that, that studied methodically studying the boredom of teachers and students. Students being oh. bored in class and teachers being bored of teaching. <laughs> There you go. All I think as best said by Shannon, just ignore it. And psychology was I wasn't even who's trying the, to who's do the that. burnout from Breakfast Club? Oh god. Spicoli, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just pulled you, you pulled off a spicoli. If I could remember that, it would have been a better joke, but yeah. I mean I to me it, it's probably from Is that Sean Penn's character though in uh, not Breakfast Club, but what the other one? Uh, Fast Times. Oh yeah, Spicoli's from Fast Times. Yeah, who's the burnout from Breakfast Club? Come on, you. That's I, that's your that's your. Yeah, better. I know, but you know how bad I am Rat, with Rat names. Um, Psychology Prize was how many people look up when other people are looking up, and oh, I like that one. Yeah. I really, I think that yeah. one. And physics is anchovies. I like the Anchovies looking up fucking. one. I, I know that our conversation was Everybody like, looks up when somebody looks up. Yeah. I mean, maybe I went a bad angle with the whole piano thing, but Well, totally, think about this. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman, right? I always wondered why. I, I think it plays, well, look, just looking up without explanation, uh-huh. I think it plays into like our ancient primate a, a raptor's going to swoop us out of the sky kind of shit. Like, when you have a shadow, like a bird shadow fly past your feet, don't you get a little bit of anxiety? Maybe you don't have enough experience. I've never had that. that happen. Really? That's, I, I do know that there, there are some, some lizards that have a third eye on the top that can detect darkness so that they can detect whether something is... No, no. I mean, I've had enough shadows of birds fly past my feet where it triggers my lizard brain. No, I never had that. Where it triggers my lizard brain. Like, like I'm not worried that I'm going to get swept away by an eagle, but no, it's, I, I it's know enough leftover people, anxiety. People that, can totally be triggered, and, and I probably have been triggered by you know, the snake thing, where, where, where you see something moving and, and you get that sort of yeah. snake thing. It's a very real psychological thing that happens because people have been primed. Um, but in terms of 
The shadow, I don't think so. Although it may entice me to look up as opposed to being afraid. You know, it's it, really it interesting. more so entices me to like duck and cower, actually. Mm. Like, I'm not saying I freak out when I see a raptor no, no. shadow, but like there's that instinct, right? Of like, fuck, you know, like it's coming to get me. Yeah. Well, that's always when it, when people are like, dinosaurs were birds. That doesn't make any sense. I thought dinosaurs were creepy. It's like, have you seen a fucking hawk? <laughs> Why wouldn't you be scared of a of a raptor bird like that? Of course you would. Yeah, it makes it, it makes total sense that the, that you know like tyrannosaurus cute little owls yeah. those fucking owls. <laughs> I like how I can look up and my dog looks up too. Yeah, it's not just people that do it. That's true. Well, dogs are so in tune with people. That, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's two things there. First off, in the scale of evolution of a raptor snatching you from the sky, dogs and us are still this, you know, yeah. still side mm-hmm. by side, right? And then the second thing is what Greg just said, is that a dog is so emp- empathetic to what a human does and is so in tune to human behavior. Yeah, I mean, I can do anything. And the, they've, they've spent gonna... 50,000 years learning to understand humans. Mm-hmm. To survive, mm-hmm. so yeah, dogs are awesome, but too much work for me. So, damn it, there was another thing I was going to talk about, but I forget it now. Sorry, right. talking about dogs. This was a great post show. Uh, uh, the so, Ichik Noble spawned, are fun. Are fun to talk Noble about. spawned like all kinds of. Oh, I just heard this thing about bunker fuel. Mm-hmm. You know, like fucking awesome. That's so. why I lo- I do love Ignobles when they come. I still want to know. If y'all have between 100 and, 100 and, I mean, 120 and 122 nose hair. Wait till they're dead. Wait till they're dead and you can absolutely count. I will donate my no, nose I to think, science. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I won't care. <laughs> I've got the wax warmer on. We're counting nose hairs. Yeah. We're counting nose hairs tonight. Y'all, it's not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're great. If we're doing it, you're doing it. No, it's all you, buddy. <laughs> it's you, buddy. That's not how this works. <laughs> all right, guys. I think this is uh, fun, and um, we'll be back. I don't know. Sometime, sometime in some time or land. Calendars, you know. In in some time or land. Party on, Greg. Party on, Jeff. Party on, Shannon. Party and ever. Forever. She didn't watch Wayne's World. No. no. I did. I just don't want to be like you guys. Oh. I have to be different. 